For the best new tech and the hottest techniques on ice, you're listening to Iced Up with Andrew Gullickson and Luke Lemire. Hey everybody and welcome to Iced Up. This is Season 2, Episode 1. I'm Andrew Gullickson sitting alongside Luke Lemire in the Phillips Blackberry Man Cave. Iced Up is brought to you by Striker Ice and Beaver Tail Bay. So, Luke, we've had a we've had a while off now. And uh, we're back. Yeah, we made it to Season 2. <sighs> Can't wait to get out on the ice. Yeah, it's... Temperatures are probably starting to swing our way here, and we've had colder days. I mean, we've had some rain here in the last couple days that just made it feel miserable outside. But, yeah, we're getting closer. A lot of us right now are more concerned about our bow hunting and our waterfall and small game. But uh, that ice bug is always in the back of our heads right now. Yeah, definitely. I've been out doing a little bit of uh, pre-season, pre-ice season prep. I got the boat out for only, like, the fourth or fifth time all summer, unfortunately, but I got oh, out that's and four or five times more, and I got mine out <laughs> this year. But I got to do a little bit of that prep that we talked about at the end of last season. I got out, I did some side imaging, uh, went and found some fish. Uh, we'll we'll see what the schools look like as as ice goes, but at least you know, kind of narrowed down where they were, and and it seems like they're really close to places that they're going to be early ice, and that's. I think going to have me way ahead of the game when I start looking. Yeah, just getting out there and giving yourself that little bit of advantage. I mean, what do you have for a water temperature out there? Oh, it was it was still um, it was starting to come down in the lower fifties. Okay, but uh, you know, not the upper forties, lower well, lower thirties like we'd like to see it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but just trying to get them there. Probably right now for our area, we've dipped down in the. Uh, basement here a couple times and with our highs here coming next week which are going to be in uh low to mid 40s the water temperature is going to be dropping down there we're calling for i don't think we have a sunny day forecasted for the next seven out so water temperatures are going to start dropping here for us pretty dramatically in the next week yeah and as we're recording this we're coming into halloween and uh usually we've we're a little further ahead, but the way things are have been dropping, it seems like uh, Father Time and and uh, and winter have finally started talking again, and uh, we're we're getting back to normal temps, and that's getting everybody a little bit excited. I know I've already been starting to look at new stuff for this year. Um, I don't. You haven't really gotten into any of your your prep for this. Oh God, yet. no! I <laughs> I haven't had a chance to between work work basically right now and then like i said before we're with all the seasons that we're in right now with gun hunting coming up and small game season waterfall and i mean i'm a hardcore waterfall hunter too and i think i got out three times so far this year yeah it's just you know it's that seasonal life you get you get really busy and um you try and do as much as you can i I've I've had it on my mind. I am way behind where I'd like to be with prep this year. Yeah, I am too. I mean, just for for my birthday this year, my wife got me a foam jig box, double sided, and I've been meaning to go out and buy Schmee sled where all my stuff is packed into. Is going to be a two day process to get to that thing. <laughs> 
and that's where my jigs are at right now. I've been meaning to go out and just get the jig box album to come in here and call some jigs out that I don't use anymore and just been sitting in there and just go through everything and get it sorted in there and I haven't even gotten that done. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting there. I've looked at everything. I know like my my jet sled I think still has charcoal in it. I don't even own a charcoal grill, so gotta get that fixed pretty soon. My my flip over that's ready to go, but I gotta get the hub out, air it out yet. Ooh, foul ball. Uh, <laughs> we'll get Luke back. We, here we got second. her here. <laughs> All right, I'll pour you another one quick. Um, <laughs> it was that hour and twenty minutes waiting for your computer to get loaded. It was a little bit of a yeah yeah. There was a a little bit of a delay this this evening, but I have been starting to look at the shack. That's one thing I last year I was looking at doing something for a trailer and everything like that. I was able to get an ice shack. Actually, got a trailer because this yes, year we did. It's almost impossible to find a trailer unless you buy brand new and order it 12 weeks out. Uh, 12 weeks is generous on that too. Yeah. So I found one and it was already set up to be a to be an ice shack. So I'm going to be using that and having a hard shack for the first time in quite a while. So I'm trying to make it as, uh, you know, modify it as much as I can. And you and I have talked and I'm not going to do everything this year until I get a year lived in it. But. Exactly, and that's what you and I had talked about, too, especially since you came into a shack that someone else had already owned and put holes in for with catch covers and everything like that. I go, we talked about before, I'm like, before you go rebuilding the wheel, go and fish out of it for a year to see how you're actually yeah. going to want it before you think, oh, this is what I'm going to want, and I'm going to go pop my holes here, I'm going to do this, do this, do this, put a ton of work into it, and then you fish out of it for a year. It's like, well, I think I'd rather have it like this for the setup I have. Yeah. And which uh, it's going to do you good. You might get a little frustrated in that first year, but at least you know what you're going to want in that pre that next year coming. Right, and you know, getting getting as late as it is, there's still some changes I'm going to make. Like for for instance, I made a I'm making an auger rack so that I can carry my augers in there all the time. And I after spending about eighty bucks in in hardware from the hardware store, getting everything home, and then you know, calling you for a second opinion, I ended up getting the Colpin mounts. Yep. And I'm going to even vertically hanging them. I'm going to put Colpin mounts on to hold each of my augers and then a drip pan underneath that I can pull out and take all the ice out after I've thawed them out. And, and that's another thing too with having the augers as a vertical mount. You see a lot of people hang them horizontal because you're just used to that when you're putting something on the wall like an auger or a gun or something like that for a gun rack you're hanging it vertical but with your horizontal you're taking up less room you can get both of your augers up there. Yep. And with what you and I talked about for a drip pan, you're going to be able to get both of them close enough to where you can just have the one drip pan on there. And like you talked about before, putting like a glove and hat drying rack on there. So that way you can get everything and all the water's hitting in one concealed area. You're not spreading it out the length of what the auger is. You can just have it go vertical and drop right down. Yep. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to have that check because it's already it's you know wired for a generator so i can bring everything home and plug in one plug in and have everything already instead of taking things downstairs or taking it all out to its its charger i can have it already on the charger which that's the the next thing i got to do is find a way to have a shelf or a space for fish binders and and all my batteries and we'll get that figured out yep. here and just but just be able to plug it in 
turn the heater on for a couple hours while I'm messing around after I get home fishing. Go turn the heater off and everything's been been warmed up and charged and leave it charging. And that's another, with you saying that, with getting home and everything too, that'd be a nice thing. You get home from fishing, you back it in the driveway, park it, go in, do the dad duties of say hi to the wife and kids and get the kids in bed. And you can keep the thing, you can plug it in, get the heater going. And when the kids are in bed, you can go right back out there and you can clean your fish out there and keep yep. all the mess out there. You're not tracking everything back at the house with you. Yep. And one thing that you brought up uh, early on with that um, was, or with, not with that necessarily, but with the house was making a, a mount for the outside so I can put like a little propane grill out there. Yep. And cook outside the shack and, ha you know, be able to, I could do, you know, pan fry some fish or something like that on the outside at chest level, not have to be hunched over with a little tailgate grill. Yep. And there's mounts that, like, I've seen a lot of them, especially for, like, pusher boaters that where they have their charcoal grills swing out or whatnot. And even if you can't find the mount you like for the style shack you have, even if you're making it out of wood, for right away just to be cost effective that you have for scraps laying around the garage or whatnot you can go and make one just as easy as what you could to be able to go and buy one to save the money just to get you through for a season or two i mean as long as you go through and do your due diligence on your wood prep and sealing it even if you're just going to throw paint on it and you can make it detachable to take it right back into the shack so that way it's not bounce it off the side of your shack going down the road and grabbing all the salt and slime and everything else and the wood will be gone in a year Just yep. do a little bit of thinking about it i mean then that's what we're like ice fishing we talked to you last season a lot of this stuff you can go and do yourself and have the pride in doing it and not only are you ice fishing you're learning another hobby on top of it yep yeah you're going to learn how to do things and as i the more i fish and less it's two guys that just take stock off the shelf, brand new stuff, and do exactly. It is very rare to see the same setup, even with the same product. Oh, absolutely. It, and that's part of the unique thing about ice fishing is just how, how you can customize and do anything with it that you really want to. And that's uh, with all outdoor sports. I mean, you get into that tremendously between, especially with waterfall hunting. Just especially if you do it on on actual water, if you're in a boat, you have. Well, I want to do my blind like this. I see they have this one for this much money, but I have a buddy who is an electrician with a conduit bender, and we can make this for well beforehand a third of the price of what we could do for buying an actual blind. I mean, you look at everything right now. I mean, with the pandemic we had going on and COVID, it's everything has skyrocketed. I see our lumber prices are finally to come back to coming back to reality a little bit. Steel is out of this world, but yeah, aluminum, any metal, anything, yeah, things are crazy, and it's it's hard to find anybody to do anything um, that's skilled. So you know, learning how to do it yourself is it is not only cheaper, but you'll get it done this year, right? <laughs> so. So going on that, what with our prep for this season, where do you what do you got going on of what you need to get done for like for me, I have stuff that I do on a yearly basis, a bi yearly basis, and I'll probably hit once every five years. Yeah, the biggest thing that I gotta start uh, right now is I'm done with my 
my reels. And as we talked about last season, I use my Okuma Samars on my open water stuff as well as my ice fishing rods. So all those got to get transitioned over. I got to determine if I need new line or not. Usually I do that. I'll just kind of, I'll kind of test the line. You know, most of the time I'm not worried about brake strength. If you can, you can do a little bit of stretching, you know, kind of see if there's any brittle line or broke, easy to break line there. And you can figure that out. But how much memory does it have? Is it a pain? Is it just something not right about it? I'll, I'll, I'll replace that. Otherwise, I generally, I'm one that I'll use line for two or three, two seasons is usually what I'll get because I use a lot of fluorocarbon line. Yeah, and with that too, especially going from your summer to winter transition, you can go and peel off 50 yards of line and get down to where the light hasn't hit that line as much because yep. light, sunlight especially, breaks out line. That's your worst enemy when it comes to fishing line is sunlight on it. If you're doing double duty like Andrew is, I... If you're able to, I go and peel off whatever your casting length is, plus 20 yards, if that, yeah. maybe 10 yards. Peel it off, snip it down, and go from there. And you're you're basically using a brand new line that's never seen water before. Yep, and that all depends on your the spool size. If you got a yes, you got a really does. narrow spool size, by the time you get down there, it's getting so kinked up that you might as well just replace it. Or if it's a real low, you know, volume reel. Right. Um, but with those those Akumas, they hold a lot. So, so I, I feel like I'll be able to do that on most of them. I'll check. And, and it depends on the pound test, too. I think four does a little bit better when I get up at some of the ones that I have six pound test yeah. on. And that starts to hold a little more memory. I'll probably have to replace those. Um, I actually was able to, you know, kind of set a little bit of a reminder i i reach or put my auger batteries back on the charger mid-season this year i was good about that oh there you go yeah um so i did that still pretty much full took like a five minute charge but just kept that from having any issues this winter yeah tested it out make sure that run uh, that ran uh used my milwaukee all year so i know that one's good <laughs> there, there you go <laughs> beat that beat that thing up a little bit but um, and then most of it is just going to be learning a little bit of my new electronics, trying to play with that and, and get my, you know, get my waypoints off my old machine and just prepping with a lot of map study now is yeah. where I'm going to start hitting pretty soon. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've done a little bit, but trying to figure out where I'm going to hit, what, what new water I'm going to try, what new challenges I'm going to have for this year, um, as far as. I usually try and pick uh, a set of lakes. We've got so many lakes in this region to choose from. It's ridiculous. We're yeah. actually, we're, it's a blessing and a curse for how many lakes we have around here. For Well, I know these are the old standbys, but I've heard something about this. Of course, I've heard something about this one, too. And all of a sudden, you got a list of 30 lakes. It's like, all right, let's uh, put them up on a wall and throw a dart at them and see which one's yep. going to hit. And, yeah, it, it's... I got out quite a bit last year and got the opportunity to play with that a little bit, but at even if they're small lakes, you can hit five in a day. That's a that's a pretty busy day. It's a full day. That's a very busy day. And it's and if you don't feel like you can ever check one off your list at that, and we got we've got at least two hundred and ten named lakes to choose from. So right. it's like if you did that 
twice a week, you would I mean, take you years to get through them all. <laughs> and see, that's the that's the one spot where you and I differ from is where you'll go and hit five likes through in a day. If I'm lucky, I'll hit two throughout the day because I will go on a lake, especially if I've never been there before, and I will go around that lake to all the points where I think and give them an honest to God effort throughout everything just so I know that I can check that lake off. And I might even, even if I didn't do anything, I, if the weather conditions are different on a different day where I think it might do better, I might go back there. Now, that might be a hindrance on my side where I'm not going to try a different body, body of water and write it off, but I want to give that lake everything I can to it and then write it off unless I all of a sudden stumble upon a different lake where I think it's going to do better, I'll jump over that one. Yeah, there's definitely not a right or wrong way there because, it, you know, year to year, and, and the situation where you, you're you putting the time in and you can you can then write it off for that season, unfortunately, the next season it can be really good. <laughs> or like you say, you could just hit a couple days of similar weather. and But on, on my side... Sometimes you can fish it too fast, and then you got to go fish the same one again. You don't really get any further. Yeah, you are so. you are very much more fast fisherman than I am, and fast yep. in the sense of hole hopping and moving and trying different spots. Me, I'm more, I, I'll call it methodical, or I'll go and tear a certain area of the lake apart. And especially with me being a tip-up guy, too, and mm -hmm. everybody says tip-ups are anchors, and... They aren't, but in a sense they are, because it doesn't take anything to be able to pick up tip-up lines, move over, and send them back into a new water. Especially yeah. if you keep your hooks in them, you can just set them right in the bait bucket, go in, you might have to do a little untangling, but you can get them back into a new spot quick enough. I would say, you know, fishing with, with you guys, you and your dad for years, um, you're probably the most mobile tip-up anglers, even just tip-up fishing, that I've ever fished with. Like it's there's never a tip up sitting for I don't know more than a half hour probably like a half hour to hour on tops if I don't if we don't have something especially when we set up if I don't we don't have anything in the first half hour to hour depending on how the jig bite's going and how we're paying attention to them because we're always looking up at our flags yep if we don't have anything on tip ups within a half hour to hour we're either drilling holes in that area to move them or we're adjusting depths on them just yep. to be able to get in a different spot and with all with all of them especially in wisconsin we're around three lines two of them well our two tip-up lines will set at different different depths well one deeper one higher and then we might go back in the middle on both of them but still being at different depths just trying to cover all the water column on a point where we're thinking it's good and kind of bringing it back a little bit to, to prep, I think we'll get into a little bit of tip-up prep again uh, towards the end of the episode. But um, one of my, I guess, kind of one of my goals this year, one thing that I want to prep for and think about is I'd really like to, as, as much as I'm mobile and I do get, I tend to go away from tip-ups and go to more more tip-downs or, or rod style, um, either rod style or like bite-me boxes just because I'm out so far generally chasing crappies that I'm moving, I'm often 100 yards from where I started the day pretty quickly. So it's hard to stay there. But one of my goals this year is to get a get a group together and spend a spend a day on a smaller lake just, just watching flags, don't even bring the jig poles with, because I haven't done that in too long now. And 
double guide. Yeah, I yeah. haven't done that in a long time either, where you just go out and you set out your three temp up lines and sit there and get the grill going and have a case of beer with you and just do it as yeah, you're still fishing, you're still trying to figure tip ups out, but go and just have a relaxed day on the yeah. ice and it's more of a it's more of a party scene at that time. Yep, just to get together and you take the expectations off and all the you know, you, you take some of the prep off and just go out and, and have a good time. And, you and know, now, as serious as we get, we get really into, I mean, obviously, we love this sport. And, you know, it, but that's one thing that I just, as busy as everybody gets, it'd be awesome to get. You get even five, six guys out on the ice. It's 15 to 18 flags that you can cover a lot of water and. It's cool just seeing people run into flags. <laughs> yeah, and that's a that's another good one to get the wife and kids out there for too. Just that, hey, it's a nice day out where you don't need to get out there at old arc thirty. I mean, you can if you want to, but you're bringing the wife and kids with. It's gonna be all right. I'll see you at eight thirty nine o'clock. We'll get out there and just and that's fine. Get out there, just pop the holes, set the flags in, set your bait buckets around your holes, and just. Have a good time and get out there and just enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. So and then prepping for that too. Um, like I said, I, I tend to I tend to go a little bit more of the kind of tip down or rod tip ups. Um, one thing I'm going to try this year is I'm going to go to uh, the the finicky. I'm going to try some finicky foolers. I've used a lot of like the automatic fishermen. I've tried. I've tried. Some tip downs. I, I know we're going to be talking Sullivan tip downs at some point this year. They're pretty cool, but the finicky fooler to me seems like it's going to really match what I want to do. Uh, hold the rod, still be a tip up flag. You can see, not just trying to. That's one thing I struggle with when I get a long ways away from a from my rod is seeing an automatic fisherman if it's up or down. At that point in time, a pair of binoculars needs to be part of your ice fishing arsenal yep. at that time. Yep. Between that and then. I'm probably looking at some uh, those bite me boxes because when you know you and I used those when with Larry Smith this last year. Yep. And they're pretty cool. Like any tip up you're catching a catching I was actually, with. I was actually kind of surprised about those. I was actually I was half really surprised about those is what I should say. I mean, they're a little cumbersome. Yes. Yep. But. They, I, I, I really do like the concept of them. They got, they got a good idea, and you don't have to worry about hole freeze up or anything else. Yep. So, as far as prep this year at the show, at the St. Paul Ice Show, I'm probably gonna try and pick some of those up, and and you know, so basically, I'm gonna go through my tip up arsenal and and kind of redo that a little bit. Um, I'm gonna keep my my beaver dams handy for oh. sure. That, those are my go-to. My yeah. beaver dams will always be my go-to. I mean, I have oh, four or I think I'm up to four of them now. And saying that, being 34 years old, that's <laughs> that's an accomplishment for how much they want for one of those damn things. Especially with the way prices are right now. I I can just imagine what a beaver dam is going to cost us this year. You could probably trade your truck in and get two. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One of them I've been ran over by a truck, but yeah, yeah. but but yeah. So that's I'm probably going to go through and prep that. Uh, you know, prep that by just looking at my arsenal, kind of switching things up a little bit, trying some new stuff there. Uh, getting my tip-up rods ready is something I haven't even looked at um, or 
yeah, I guess you can call it tip up, tip down rods. Yeah, tip down rods. Yeah, same difference. Yep. Um, prepping that a little bit different. Used I Fish Pro a lot last year. Um, and it's got its pluses and minuses too, but um, probably going to switch those over so I can use uh, when I'm using a rod. Try the foolers and then um, otherwise go over the bite me boxes and maybe figuring out how I'm gonna how I'm gonna rig up so I can carry those because the the original ones are like so they're pretty bulky but right that's the downside but I think you you kind of save it when you you get that nice open hole at the end of the day yeah you save it and then especially when you get into lighter ice where you're actually able to drive out on the ice and with you having the enclosed shack this year it won't be that bad because yeah. you get everything's going to be in there where you can just unload it. It's going to, it's going to feel like you're waterfall hunting on ice. <laughs> yeah, it really kind of is. And I'm hoping to uh, set myself up with a Otter Monster box if there's any exist this year. I'm not sure for my sled so that I can carry all. There'll be a ton of stuff actually on the back rack in that box on my sled. I think I talked about it at the end of last season, but just a monstrous box for your ATV or your, your snowmobile if you've got the right like right setup where you can mount it on the back and they've got uh an auger um an auger tube that mounts onto it and a bucket tube or a bucket attachment they can also put it on there so basically other than if you want your hub shack you can put everything on the back there that's that's another thing that i'm i'm working on i gotta find one yet though because it's it's pretty limited out there and that's another thing where we were going back to before also like he was saying if i can find one one reason we get into this sport is if you can't find it then you go and make what you need to to be able to get through it i mean take time figure it out you can get something through get something put together to be able to get you through for the year and then even in the middle of the season if you find it then you're get it on order and coming and if you don't use it for that season do you have something set up that will get you through and then you can get everything set up and hit the height hit the ice harder next year with the setup you actually want yeah by the if by thanksgiving here i haven't found one i'll probably end up just putting some you know finding a way to put culpin mounts on the on the snowmobile and uh you know probably make a bracket so i can hold the middle bucket a little better actually looking at the angles too have been uh, I won't say reluctant. I wanted to get one since they came out. It's just a lot of money to spend on a bait bucket, but right. it's it's so nice to have it where your minnows are alive and you're just not worried about them splashing. I don't know how many minnow buckets I broke or or tipped over yes last year. And I'm sticking them, you know, sticking a cup down a hole to fill my minnow bucket back up halfway through the day. Yeah. So, and with you going on that point, I have in well everybody saw or hopefully everybody saw in the little preview video we did here early in the year that i went to i actually got a set of coping mounts for the front of my four-wheeler and we never actually did get the setup i had on the front of my four-wheeler last year on the facebook page of the podcast right last year so don't, I, I love the Colton mounts. It'll be great for hauling the auger around and everything else. The only thing I miss about the setup I had, the way I had set up, I had a high-rise mount for the auger where I could set the middle bucket and my locator on the front of the four-wheeler so everything was accessible there. I'm So I'm to the point now, and I looked at mine, I thought I had a speed rack on my four-wheeler. I don't. 
but I got to come up with something too to be able to hang my locator and my auger, or not my auger, my bait bucket off the back of the four wheeler so that way it's not splashing around in the schmee sled or have my God knows too much money locator <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. the sled bouncing bouncer across the ice. Yep. Yeah, it's there's so many little things you can do to them and uh, you know, so, so little time, but we're getting there. Um, I still got a tweak zipper on my my hub shack yet that's something that's coming up to um and just make sure everything's operating functionally once i get her out of storage uh had to get the the striker suit out the other day to uh to go down to go out on the lake because it was the one day that i took all day that whole friday off to go out on the water it was a high of 36. <laughs> yeah it, it's our temperatures have dipped here and like they say our Oh, your high is going to be this. Yeah, they hits at two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's and gone by three fifteen. Yeah, exactly. So, so, which is great for ice, but yeah, for having for having one day to do it in the boat. I don't know what it is about uh, the the you know fall fishing where I don't get cold. I'm that thirty below guy. Yeah, just you barely put my coat on. Yeah, I'm like okay, you know. Hell, maybe it's because I'm a bigger dude or whatever. I just don't get cold, and I haven't since I was a little kid. But in the fall fishing, I freaking freeze my butt off when it's 38. It's weird. I think it's just the dampness of That's fall. exactly it. Gets in, yeah. The damp goes through. I don't care what kind of suit you have. The dampness will just go right down to your bones. Yep. It, it, you get a chill. A lot of times it doesn't even hit till you get home. <laughs> and anybody that's ever broken a bone or got sore joints or anything like that, as soon as it gets damp out, or it can be two days before it starts to get damp out. All of a sudden, all right, that finger I broke back then, it hurts like hell. Oh, yeah. I, uh, the weather's going to be changing here pretty soon. And that's how you know we're old. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, I'm only 34. Yeah. Yeah, both of us for now. Um, but yeah, that's, oh, and you know, just getting the, I got the boots out actually today, I had to wear them for work too. So all okay. that, all that's pretty much ready. Starting to look at, yeah, next is going to be gear, getting the, getting the rods and reels back together. Uh, used my, uh, my ice tackle and my ice, some of my ice jigs this last time out, crappie fishing. Um, so that's kind of ready to go. Got to get the bobbers back, figured out. Yeah. Haven't even looked at the rod boxes yet to see how if they're all messed up. I'm sure they probably are. Yeah, for me, I know that this year, besides all, my straight line reel should be good. I should be, yeah, it'll be good this year because I replaced line last year on it. Okay. I did, I actually, that for that, I only did a year on that line just uh do a check on it to see how far I can get through with it. So I did a year on that. So I switched it last year. I know all my spinning reels. I got to replace all those. And my tip-up line, every single tip-up I own is getting stripped down, new line put on, new leaders put on. If the leaders that are on my tip-ups currently are not bad, I'll save them for backups on the ice in case I have a break-off for some reason. I can just tie one on to be done. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a full rework for this guy this year. It's gonna be jig yeah. rods. It's gonna be tip ups. I'm gonna have to redo tip up line and leaders too, just so that I don't yeah, get that, that look next time I fish with you. 
<laughs> and I probably, there's one that's still got the name and address of the guy I bought it from. <laughs> I'm worried one of these days he's just going to pick it up and take it home. And, <laughs> and he doesn't even live here. <laughs> and get tip up line that doesn't look like uh, anchor rope. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt. So you can get more than 25 yards on <laughs> your spool? There's probably 30. Come on, now. I wouldn't even go that, to be, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I looked at that tip-up last year, and I, did, I damn near slapped you with it. Yeah. You know, I like I like the... You get a little better action with the curly cue leader. <laughs> so it looks like a spring, so the, the minnow's sitting there bobbing up and down? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Good God. <laughs> But anyways, one other thing that I I did prep on a couple of reels. If you've got a straight line reel like and with a with a metal handle and the double handle, I really I can't explain how a double handle helps you in almost any sense on a lot of those. It does give you the reel a balance. Yes, I guess, it does. But it's almost always in the way. Um, when you think about the way you're gonna rotate it, it's always able to catch on stuff and get in your hands and it's just not it doesn't make anything smoother really when you're reeling it so i actually a uh, good friend of the show and a uh, local fishing guy here uh blake tolison who was on last year yep um he had brought one of his uh free falls out that had half the handle cut off which is kind of scary because those are like hundred dollar reels and yeah you mess that handle up but it's a game changer. Fits in your box better. It just like it's it's there when you grab it. And I noticed that because I had an older Frable uh, straight line reel with only the one handle on it. Awesome. So I took uh, took one to my my parents' house. My dad's got a little jeweler saw randomly because why wouldn't he? No. Yeah. No kidding. And uh, we cut we cut one off and kind of buffed it and took a little Dremel to it to you could barely even tell it was cut. And it oh it took it. It just changes that reel completely. So that's one thing I'm going to do to the rest of them now. Um, on all my straight lines, I'm going to go to a single single reel handle on it. I will keep the double handle on mine until I have the money to be able to buy another one. Not money and balls to buy one without my wife knowing. <laughs> Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll show you mine. It's it's not a bad cut because if you look at them, they'll have a screw on one side. It's real important not to cut the side off that's got the screw on it. Um, yes. But as long as you get the other side uh, it, and you do a nice clean cut, it really makes it a different reel. So that's that. Yeah, I did it to a couple of them at the end of last season, and now I got to do that. I'll probably do that to the rest of them because that's just a really good trick. Once you try it, um, and I'll try and get a picture of it here uh, up on Facebook and Instagram. For a you know, iced up podcast, that uh, so you can see what I'm talking about. But I, the first time I put it in the box, it just helped a whole bunch because that reel. I've got the Shields case and the Shields 2.0, and even with it the 2.0 where it's a little bit thicker, it still doesn't quite fit in there without tipping it. Now it fits in there. I don't have any twist on my my rod anymore. It just sits perfectly. That alone was worth cutting it for me. So yeah, and you all got and you got to look at the setup you have with everything too. I mean, you got this is very I, we 
especially me, beat it to death is a very customizable sport. You got to make everything fit to what your needs are. No one fisherman or one scenario is the same for anybody. So do what you need to to be able to make it easier on yourself when you're on the ice. Anything we say, we're just, it's just guidelines. Just you can take it and use it how you need it. But at the end of the day, do what you need to do to be able to have an easier time on the ice and getting on and off the ice to be able to pack everything, fish, you know, be easier on yourself in the long run. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, as you go, that's a, another aspect to that too, is never assume that you're doing it right. It's fishing and there's always a different way to do stuff. It's really interesting to go, uh, you know, I've been kind of around the state quite a bit now to state a little bit and just watching, you know, that's one reason we say, you know, we're Wisconsin guys. We're kind of talking and teaching a little bit Wisconsin, like Wisconsin tradition with fishing and how yes. we do it. It's because you go to North Dakota and it's completely different. You go to Iowa, it's completely different. You go with a guide somewhere and he's probably doing it a different way. And if you're just, if it's the first time, I always watch people that are fishing for the first time and doing, you know, as I'm guiding, like doing something that I'm asking, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them to do and just the way they do it is completely different. They're achieving the same thing, but sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse, but they're doing it different, different hand motion, different way they're holding something, all that paying attention to that detail uh, and, and using it, how it's going to fit with your style is what's going to make you a better fisherman. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we said, totally, totally customizable to the individual. I mean, he hit it perfect. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Anything in this sport. I mean, there, is to a sense on some stuff, but do what's comfortable for you, what makes it easier for you, and if you're catching fish, that's the end goal. Yep. And kind of off of that, there was one thing that you and I both talked about a little bit in this offseason, and it's kind of like fishing pet peeves. And whenever this question gets brought up among pro anglers, even just locals, you'll see it on a lot of the ice junkies, a lot of the Facebook stuff. Number one overall from everybody, biggest pet peeve. Pick your junk up. Yep. It does vary. The only thing, and I'll we haven't talked about this, so I want to get your opinion on, like, seeds. I've heard a lot of complaints over seed hulls. It doesn't make any sense to me, personally. It doesn't to me either. But I do know, like, people can follow you if you spit your seeds. So you got to think about that aspect. And I will say that it does it does bug some people out there. So, you know, it's something to think about. At least clean up. If it's garbage, if it's not organic stuff, if it's not normal on the, well, not even normal. If it's not clean ice, just, you know, it's like anything else. Pack it up, pack it in. Correct. Don't leave your crap. <laughs> Pick your garbage up. I Take your damn wrappers with you. Take your empty LP bottles with you. Take the damn package your brats came in as you yep. brought them out there. I it, just take your shit with you. Yep. Yeah, I had a. Uh, There's enough of a sign on the ice of where you were from the holes you drilled, the footsteps where your shack print was, everything else. We don't need your garbage on the ice. Yep. And it it cost me an auger blade last year. It cost a uh, a client of mine. It, he went fishing 
uh, you know, after on another spot that I just sent him after a day after he had went with me, and he ended up hitting a tenth stake with somebody left. Oh my god! It's gonna ruin a seventy, you know, sixty, seventy dollar pair of blades in an instant, um, just because you didn't pick it up. Now, you know, mistakes happen, sure, but that let's that's not most of what's going on out there. No, the beer bottles, cans, just inexcusable. You wouldn't do it in open water. No, exactly. I mean. I too for a living or for a living. It feels <laughs> like for a living. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I too, so yeah, as you can tell where I could be because I'll you'll know, see the remnants of where I spit poisons. But if you smoke you're out there with something to drink anyway. If you finish the bottle, take your cigarette butts and throw them in there. They don't need to be laying on the ice. Just because the ice is going to put it out doesn't mean you need to throw them everywhere. Exactly. Just take them, throw them in a bottle, take, make sure you take your stuff with you on that. It's it's really frustrating when you go off to the spot that looks like it's cream from you doing your scouting for the lake maps and checking reports and everything else to get out there. And it looks like a country fest site. Yep. And even fires on the ice, we both, you know... A lot of us love to have them. It's really fun to do. But if you're going to have the fire, plan to put it out and get rid of your wood. Right. Uh, and I, in Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure that's even the law, too. You can't have, even though it's organic, yeah, and it's probably not going to hurt the water that much. You know, as a, as a biologist by trade, like, that little bit of wood probably isn't going to kill the lake in any sense of the imagination. But it looks terrible. It's not helping anything. Make sure to plan on cleaning up when you're done. You know? Right. I mean, clean up the best of your ability. We're not asking you to go and shave the ice off to make everything right. look better when we're there. But we catch enough hell as ice fishermen in a sense of... Because you can... Enough during the summertime, you get that one person that... Throws a fit if you're fishing by their dock. You'll get the same thing from leaving stuff on the ice from somebody that lives on that lake. Yep. Or somebody that fishes on the lake or they've got a permanent, uh, you know, that they, they don't own the water in the, kind of the same way as somebody owns the land, but they're still going to, you know, they got to fish next to that all the time and nobody wants that. So try and avoid the biggest pet peeve out there. Do your best to go on and off. And if you're listening to this, you probably, uh, you know, probably have some kind of respect for ice fishing and, and you know, don't want to mess with things too much. But that's probably the biggest one. I, I'm sure it's the biggest one. Just keeping it clean. So Right. And I think it's just, even if it's the day guys going out there where we were talking about before with the tip-ups and set up the grill, go out and do everything, or even if you're ice camping, which has been growing in popularity here in the last three years tremendously. Yep. If you're going to go out and do it, absolutely. Go ahead and have fun. Just bring everything off with you as much as humanly possible. Get everything off the ice. We Sportsmen in general have a bad rap in some circles as it is. We don't need to give them any more ammo. Yep. So yeah, and just if you guys haven't been if you haven't listened to season one before, if you're just picking us up in season two, or, um, you know, either way, I wanted to break it down a little bit, um, kind of late in the show, but 
from here on out, we'll, we'll pretty much be talking about a, a tech or technique and that or a, a, a new tech for the year and then talking about the techniques for it. And then we get into tip up tips and tactics. It's usually the way our show is, is kind of designed. This early in the year, we're not on ice yet. Uh, we haven't hit the show season quite yet. Um, so we're, you know, a little bit, you know, t- tech, I guess this week is uh, talking more about the prep. But as we go, we're going to be diving into a lot of different subjects. Um, I think we're going to be talking about, we'll have at least a show, if not a couple shows dedicated just to live imaging. There's so much out there. Now. A lot of electronics. Yeah, a lot of electronics. We'd love to, you know, anybody, no matter when you're listening to this, Facebook and Instagram, Iced Up and Iced Up Podcast. Um, or hit our personals on it, too. Yep, yep. It, yeah, either me or Luke and message us. And anything that you specifically want to get into, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to. We're going to be talking underwater cameras early this season. Um, probably get more into rods this year. Um, yeah, this, I picked up some some Saint Croix at the end of the year last year, and it's an expensive rod, but I was I'm blown away by those rods. So that's pretty cool. But so we'll get into rods, reels, anything you want to do. I know somebody uh, when we did our video in the off season here, somebody mentioned how to be uh, more efficient on ice when yep. you don't have a machine to get out or as happens every year when you even if you have the machine to get out you only got three inches ice four inches ice right five inches of ice where it's like yeah i think i'm gonna leave the sled home today yeah um and how to do that so we're gonna get into those topics anything you guys want to hear make sure you're you're sending it our way um and definitely we want to dive into the tip-up stuff a lot as well and luke one of your favorite parts besides tip-ups food yep with the food this year too i know i hit a lot on what you can do with fish and how the many ways to make it and everything this year what i'm going to do is i'll do if i'm not doing a tip-up tactic for you it's going to be a general wild game cooking aspect because we usually cook on the ice quite a bit I'll bring, whether it's the grill out or my camp stove out with a pan or whatnot, I'm going to be giving you recipes for that deer you shot during deer season. The goose or pheasant or grouse or what have you that you have sitting in your freezer and you're looking for something to do with it and you're going out ice fishing this weekend. I'll give you what you need to do with it, how to season it, your cook times, your prep, what it should look like, and you can... Then that's the other thing, just like ice fishing with cooking, you can play with it. I'll give you the generalizations on it, get you to where you need to be, and then go and play with it. And then if you find something else from what I said, you might try something else that you think that works good. Like you said before, throw us a message. It doesn't have to just be about the ice fishing on this. Do you find something that you did with one of the recipes I said or found a different recipe that you think we should try? Throw it at us. I'll... Trust me, I will have no problem trying that. If I got in my freezer, I will 100% give it a shot for you. Yep, absolutely. Anything, and if there's any any meals that you eat on ice, we definitely want to hear about it. Um, somebody on, on Facebook that I was on the other day just asked for meals for hunting camp when you when you uh, 
you know, you don't want to be cooking for any amount of time because you've been out in the elements all day and you're about to fall asleep when you get in the door. And it, it's really, you know, there was a ton of them on there I didn't even thought of. You know, my go-to, the old crock pot, oh. beer, beef, grillist, was... Any any sportsman, your crock pot is your best friend. And we've gone a long ways now where instant pots and air fryers, oh my goodness. You walk in the door, you can push a button, go take a shower. By the time you get out, it's ready to go. You can eat and fall asleep in front of the TV. <laughs> For sure. So uh, we definitely want to keep going. I know you guys, uh, when we did the both, Luke, when you did, uh, I can't remember, it was a smoke. I did smoke. I did smoke fish. Right? Smoke fit. Yeah, your smoke fish recipe, the taco recipe. Those were both really big hits with you guys. We really enjoyed doing them um, and eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so we're gonna do a lot more of that as well. So with that, I think uh, Luke, let's get into a little bit of uh, of your tip up prep. What are you gonna do different this year? Anything that you're gonna try um, that you haven't done before? Well, with the tip-up prep this year, I kind of touched on it a little bit beforehand of where I'm – this year is going to be stripped down all the line. It's going to be new line and all the tip-ups, new leaders and all the tip-ups, new hooks and all the tip-ups. Now, saying that, besides the line, if the leaders are still good, and when I say good, don't have curly cues on them, don't have – any phrase in them or anything like that. Now, I think I mentioned this last season of where I put an eyelet in the top of my board so my uh, leader should never be wrapped around the spool. That's your biggest flaw because you're going to have a big spring hanging in the water and it doesn't look that good. That's the touch. <laughs> and then with your treble hooks, if they're not bent, if they still have a good point to them, yeah, they're fine to keep them. But for starting out for the season, I would put new hooks on. I mean, this stuff is, your used stuff is great to be able to put back on if you're on the ice and in the pinch. If you get wrapped around a stump and you end up breaking the line and you lose your leader and your hook, you can take the stuff, especially the leader from last season, and throw it on there. If you have a hook that's not terrible, not bent, not you haven't bent the bar back four times ago. You got stretched on a northern. Go ahead and put that back on. It's not going to hurt. Starting this, starting your season, start fresh, so that way you don't have anything to worry about. Now, Luke, uh, I don't know. If, I don't think you got into it last year. Is there, is there anything? What do you prefer for a line? Do you do anything fancy? Do you go into like the colored? Where you got your different color runs, any of that stuff? Nope, I don't do any different color runs on mine. Mine's straight black, and I try to go with a little bit thicker line on it. And one for the purpose of spooling back up. And it's if you're using a thin braid for your tip-ups, it is a nightmare trying to run that stuff out. I mean, hopefully we can get a video out to you guys this year when you, me, and my dad are actually out, and you can get a video how me and my dad do tip-ups for when one guy's at the hole. We touched on this last year of where I don't care who it is. If a fly goes up, two people go to the hole. So that way you can spread line and everything else and what the process is with that. I I don't run colors. I run a little bit thicker line, not super thick where it looks like anchor rope, but 
not the stuff you would use for what you and I would use for like frogging line on our bass rods. So I use a little bit thicker line to be able easily reel up. And with uh, people are probably saying right now, but what about the water retention? Aid? Yeah, you throw it on the ice, it's gonna freeze and everything, and you're gonna have a little bit of a mess at the end. But that's where your prep goes into going out the next time. Get everything thought out in the house or in the garage if you're lucky enough to have a heated garage. Peel out your line, get to where it's sucked back in tight where it's wet, and reel it back up before you go back out next time. It's going to save you headaches at tenfold when you go out your next time fishing. And you're always using a, a Dacron fishing line, like the not a, a true braid like Power Pro or something like that. I, I know I thought, Correct. I thought the one year, like, Oh, I'll run Fireline on my tip-ups. Fireline makes a great leader for a tip-up if you're trying to, you know, go finesse some bass stuff, some walleye stuff. But as an actual tip-up line, I stay away from the thin. For the reason you just said, they tangle up so much. They kind of bite into the spool. If, it, if you're just like a little froze up or something and yep. something hits it hard, it's going to suck in and cause you to lose that fish or, or like kind of backlash even. Yep. Um, so yeah, a thicker line, a Dacron style line, which I'm a little surprised they haven't, um, really gotten too fancy with tip up lines yet. Maybe it's regional. There's not enough draw. Have you ever tried like the coated line? No, I haven't. I've looked at it and I've thought about it. That might be one thing I try this year. Just take one tip up and just try and do a coated line on it just to see how it works. So I've never used it before. It might be something I'm missing and might like it, and it may be something where I never want to try it again and just peel it right back off the tip up again. I know I've never really, I think I used it on one tip up for a little while. I don't remember my experience with it much, though. I know it, it slides off really well. I don't remember, though, if I remember anything, maybe it was a little kinky. Yeah, I with that coated line, it does kink quite a bit from what I remember because I've seen people use it. I've been with people yeah. that, that have used it and it, it's it got some damn memory on it. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that sucks, especially if you're in heavy timbered water. Mm. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mess when you come out with it. And this was God, this had to be four or five years ago so I may have taken leaps and bounds since the last time I used it. I might get, like I said, I'll probably give it another shot this year. I at least one tip up just to see how it goes. But, well, you'll find out how that works because as soon as I get a flag on, I'll let you know if I can find a tip up bite this year because my last year tough. for oh, it was terrible for me last year. It was my, well, I, I didn't really give it a fair shake because I was fishing, you know, fishing so deep and I had a lot of flags, but they were crappies. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, as far as getting on tip-up bite, I had a little bit of one early on, and, you know, by the time you could drive even a four-wheeler anywhere you wanted to, I was I hardly had any flags after that. So, right. Um, I had a few, but... So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be like I said, focusing on getting a, a little bit better tip-up bite this year and putting a little more time in tip-ups again is something I'm going to try and do as well. Um, Make sure you bring them over so I can set them up. Well, uh, that too. But I'll probably, again, like like I generally will, I'm going to give um, I'm going to give some new tip-ups and tip-downs a chance this year too. Work on those together. But 
just trying to find out the best, uh, a really efficient way to move. And that is the nice thing with the with the rod tip downs or the rod tip ups, I guess, or however you want to call them. That you want to move, you reel up, and you can go pretty quick. And I will say that this having tip ups in the water actually makes you stay in the spot a little bit more to give it a chance. Yeah, it does. Yeah, at least in an area of the lake. It does, it, it you know, like you said, people call it anchors, but sometimes it, it'll keep you there long enough to catch a fish, too. Right, exactly. I mean, you having tip-ups in the water might give you, will probably give you more time digging and tearing a price apart of a spot you thought it was good for both. Even if you're 50 yards out from your tip-ups, you can still see them go up, but you're still in the back of your head if you want to make a move well i gotta go and reel that tip up up but it's also giving you time to be able to pound that area more and do your grid pattern for jigging to be able to be able to get panfish active if they're there it gives you time to be able to take your dig rod and tear that spot of that lake apart yeah 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 i think so too and it you know that's Again, where we kind of differ in our, you know, the way we tend to fish, and you know, having a having a tip up in the water, you know, keeping you in a spot. I tend to, you know, just bring the binocs with and and move more, anyways. But at least give those. I don't move my tip ups, I guess, as much as what I do. As well, for sure, not as much as you do. Um, I, that's kind of not true too. Sometimes I do, but you know. You tend to move them. You tend to move them within a spot quite often, where I'll tend to move that spot. Like you'll stay in a bay, but keep moving within that bay to try and find. Like maybe you end up next to a stump and or yeah. a tree or something, and you and you just end up getting more bites. Where I'll probably move to the move to the other side of the point or make more of a lake move. Yeah. Um, you know, searching the ice a little bit more, where you're fine tuning within that spot. So. Right. There's a little bit of difference there, but, and, yeah, some days it works both ways, some days it works neither. And yeah. And that's one thing we like about this sport, like we've said a million times on this, it's, you can, it's totally up to you to what you do, and as long as you're out there having fun, and hanging out with a couple of buddies or your family or whatnot, it's, as long as you're out there having fun with the people you're with, that's, that's what matters. Yep, and you get to be outside. You're not worrying about, you know, what anybody else is doing or getting sick or, you know, you can just get out and enjoy what you're doing. You can do it alone. You can do it with 50 people um, and just have a ton of fun doing it. So, well, with that, I think we're going to wrap her up for this first episode. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Iced Up. And uh, on Instagram, we are Iced Up Podcast. And send us uh, send us any messages, and and we'll definitely get get back to you as soon as we can, and uh, get you on the next show. And thank you for listening to Iced Up. <laughs>